0: So a few years ago I had a bit of a generosity adventure of my own that I'd like to share with you. I was going round to Clifton Moor which is on the east I think of York. I was going bathroom and kitchen shopping. How middle-aged does that sound? We were doing um, a renovation in our house and we needed to get some new stuff in. So I was driving around, um, I was on my own in the car and I was pondering over how God calls us to serve the poor, to look after the poor, and how I really, really believe in that principle. However, it's not always easy to figure out how to do that, right? How how do we connect with the poor? How do you spot a poor person that might need your help? It's a bit random, isn't it? So I was driving and I was thinking, I was like, I bet there's people in the supermarket right now that are buying food that they can't afford to buy. I bet there's people right now that are figuring out how to feed their kids and they're putting the cheapest things possible in their trolley. And I was like, God, I'd love to buy someone shopping for them. But I don't know how to do that. You can't go up to someone in Tesco and go, are you poor? Would you like me to buy that? (laughs) Can't do it, right? How awkward would that be? So then I was, um, I don't know, my thoughts then led me on to thinking about the mobile phone shop that's in Tesco, upstairs in Tesco. So, And I kind of ha- had a sort of a daydream where I imagined buying someone a mobile phone. And then I was like, God, is that you? I don't know. Maybe that was like a prophetic message from God. I'm not sure. Oh, I don't really know what to do. So I carried on driving, and then I found myself at Tesco. And I'd subconsciously driven there. I was supposed to be going to a kitchen shop. I was at Tesco, and I was like, okay. I'll, I'll go into the shop and I'll see if this is you, God. I'll see what's going on here. So, went into Tesco, upstairs, into the mobile phone shop. And there was one guy being served by the shop assistant. And he was looking at the cheapest of the cheap handsets, you know, like the £10 rubbish handsets that you can just about make a phone call on and nothing else. And he looked really frustrated, and I was, like, trying to earwig the conversation. And, um, and he was like, oh, it doesn't matter, forget it, forget it, it doesn't matter. And then he walked off, and I was like, oh, is this you, God? I don't know, this is a bit weird. There is a guy here that is looking to buy a phone. Okay, so then I did what any sane person would do. I followed him <laughs> around Tesco. I followed him for long enough to figure out that he had a wife or a girlfriend who was doing the shopping while he was, like, killing time, clearly not wanting to do the actual shopping. So he's, like, meandering from side to side, looking at stuff he doesn't really want. And 10 feet behind him, I'm doing the same thing. So eventually, I was like, oh, okay, what is the worst that can happen? If I go and talk to him, I'll be embarrassed It'll be awkward, but I can just leave and I never have to see him again. Okay. All right, God, let's do this. So I went up to him and I was like, hi, you look, I think I saw you upstairs looking at mobile phones. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, oh, are you looking to buy one? He said, yeah, I was, but I can't really afford it. And I was like, oh, okay. And I think God told, God told me to come here and buy you a mobile phone. He was like, oh, no, 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 no. Forget it, forget it, forget it. I was like, okay. So I said, John, just tell me a little bit more about your story. So he had been out of work for a little while. He had a two-year-old daughter who was starting nursery the next day, and he was starting a new job the next day. And his main concern was that he didn't have a phone. So if the, if the nursery needed to get hold of him, They wouldn't be able to because he was like working on site or something so he's like I I kind of just thought I probably should get a phone but I don't know so I was like okay it sounds like you've got a genuine need for a phone I really do think God told me to come here and buy someone a phone I'd really like to buy you one he's like oh I don't know I don't know so I said why don't you go and ask your wife or your girlfriend if you have one I don't know um (laughs) just a guess (laughs) And he, so I said, you go speak to who you're with, I'll go wait upstairs, if you want to come upstairs, then we'll, we'll get it sorted. Also didn't want him to think I was hitting on him, how weird would that be? So yeah, like, can I buy you a phone? What's the number? So <laughs> I've got kids. So I went upstairs, and amazingly, he turned up a few minutes later looking really awkward, but he had stepped into this adventure, so I was like, okay. So I um, encouraged him to buy a good phone. I didn't want him to have a rubbish one, so it was about £80. It had an actual colour screen and stuff. Um, We finally settled on it. We turned around to pay, and someone else had just walked into the shop and was being served, and it was one of those really long and complicated transactions. So we then had the seven most awkward minutes of my life. This was the moment where I could tell this guy about Jesus, right? He wasn't going anywhere. We were going to buy this phone. This was the moment where I could share my faith with him. And I totally chickened out. I made small talk about the weather, about the job, about the kids. He looked like he wanted the ground to swallow him up. It was pretty awful. But we, we went through with it. We bought the phone. And um, the adventure was over. Actually, just to throw out that, I then wrote a blog about it. And within about four hours, someone I didn't know transferred the money and and gave me back the £80. So, So that's like another addition to the God adventure that I was on. So in this experience, as you can imagine, I was so scared. I felt like a totally crazy person following this strange man around Tesco ear wigging his conversation trying to figure out if he was poor or not but i felt like god had asked me to do something and i wanted to step into that and be brave i felt so vulnerable when i was in tesco i felt vulnerable as i was following him and i felt really vulnerable standing in the queue waiting to be served i had revealed something of myself to him and there was nowhere to hide I think we can all relate to that feeling, right? Maybe not doing something quite as crazy as that, but maybe just saying hello to someone you don't know makes you feel a bit vulnerable. Or maybe your first day at a new job, or first day at university, taking up a new hobby, or offering to pray with someone. Any of these situations can make us feel uncovered and exposed and vulnerable. But it is that vulnerability that turns into courage when we step into it. So this week's theme is generous in mission. And mission is just sharing what God has given us, what Jesus has done for us, what, who he is, what he's done. Um, so really it's about being generous with Jesus. And last week Luke talked about money and how all of the money in the world is, is God's money anyway. And what we have, we can choose to be generous with it. And in the same way, our faith in God is something we can be generous with. Even if you feel you're not a Christian, you're you're just still figuring out this God stuff, you still have something to offer someone else. You can still share your journey, a little bit of your experience or what you know to be true. But it often takes courage to do this. So a little interesting fact for you, the root of the word courage which is is, um, C-O-R, core, that's the root word, and that is the Latin word for heart. So courage used to mean to speak one's mind by telling all one's heart, to speak one's mind by telling all one's heart. It recognized the inner strength needed to speak honestly and openly about who we are and share our experiences. When we speak from our hearts, that's courage. When we are generous with Jesus, that is courage. When we are open and vulnerable with people, that is courage. When someone asks us how we are, and we choose to tell them honestly about our week, that's courage. When someone asks what we did at the weekend and we tell them we went to church, that's courage. Brene Brown is an author, and she also has one of the most-watched TED Talks in the world. If you've not seen it, I really recommend it. And she touches on this when she says that vulnerability is courage. We cannot be vulnerable without being courageous. They come together. So while we look today at being generous with Jesus it's important that we recognise, first of all, that this often means taking risks, stepping out and being courageous by speaking our heart. Many, many years ago, once upon a time, there was an army commander. He led his troops well, and he reigned victorious. He was brave, he was an excellent leader, he didn't lose any battles. He was well-respected by his king, and by his people. And not only was he a fantastic leader, he was also a good man, kind and caring. His name quite literally meant pleasant or delightful. Unfortunately, he caught an awful disease. He was constantly in pain. Nobody wanted to come near him because they were afraid they might catch it. He became isolated. He became a man full of shame and disgrace. His marriage was struggling, and he began to lose his stature. He was desperate for his old life back. One day, his slave girl told him of a man in another country who could heal him from his disease. Now, he was in such a desperate state that he was willing to do anything. So he got himself packed up, ready to go, And he took with him 72 kilograms of gold and 340 kilograms of silver. Now, in today's value, that is 3.2 million pounds and 136,000 pounds. Obviously, the value was different many, many years ago, but it was still a lot of money. And he went on his way, prepared to pay whatever it took to be healed. Now, after much traveling, he found this mystery man. And he offered to pay, but the man refused. And instead, he told him, go to the river and wash seven times. Now, the army commander was reluctant, a little bit angry at this weird response. But with some encouragement, he did it. And the damage to his face was restored. And he was instantly healed of his illness. Now, some of you might have guessed that this is the story of Naaman from the Old Testament And he was healed of leprosy by Elisha. Elisha was an Old Testament prophet in Israel. And you can read this story in 2 Kings 5. Elisha was a man of God. And he refused to take any money from Naaman. And what's even more amazing about this story is in the whole of Elisha's time as an Old Testament prophet, he did lots of amazing things, but he only healed one person of leprosy. And that was Naaman, making this story totally unique. So in this story, we see Elisha being incredibly generous, right? He heals Naaman and he takes no payment from it, from this rich man who's literally got loads and loads of money with him, ready to pay. And he says no. But I don't think the star of this story is Elisha. Naaman. I think the star of this story is the little slave girl who first told Naaman about Elisha. Let me tell you why. This little girl had been kidnapped from Israel. She was young, probably about 12 or so, and she was taken to Syria and sold as a slave. She was in a land that she didn't know, in a culture that she didn't know, with a language that she didn't know, She would have been very, very scared. She didn't know where her family was or if she would ever see them again. And she's got some fundamental things going against her, right? She's a girl, she's young, and she's a slave. We don't even know her name in this story. We're not even told her name. That is how unimportant she was. And she has every single reason to stay quiet here. Why would you speak up in this situation? There's absolutely nothing to be gained personally by telling Naaman about this profit in another country. And there's everything to lose. She literally could get killed from saying this. She could get beaten. Best case scenario, she's going to get sold on to someone else. In any other situation, this is a really unwise idea But this little girl chooses courage over fear. This little girl chooses to share her heart and her faith and risk it all to share her God. So if we think Elisha is generous, how much more generous is this little girl? She's got nothing to offer and yet she offers the only thing she possibly can her belief in God, our constant loving God. That is what she offers. She risks it all. Now, in Matthew 5, Jesus says, we are the light of the world, and the light we hold cannot be hidden. Jesus said that we should shine this light and shine before others, be generous with our lives, and open up to others. We are called to be generous with Jesus. We're not called to convert anyone, We're not called to convince anyone. We're not called to force Jesus on people. But we are called to share how great God is. Imagine if you went to an amazing restaurant and you had the absolute best food you'd ever had in your life with incredible wine and fantastic coffee afterwards and those little homemade truffles that you get only in really expensive restaurants. Imagine if you did that. Would you then not tell people about that? for fear that they might then go and not like it? Would you keep that inside? Oh, I can't tell anyone about this amazing restaurant. might upset someone. They might be offended. They might think I'm a salesperson for the restaurant. No! You would tell them, right? So how much more then do we want to tell people about Jesus? Knowing Jesus does not give us the perfect life. It does not guarantee our health or our wealth or that we get everything we ever wanted. For me, when I first met Jesus, I was 19, and it was a little bit like wearing contact lenses for the first time. I did actually get contact lenses when I was 15, and then um, I remember when I got them realising that grass was individual blades because I'd only ever seen, like, a bed of green. I was like, wow, grass is incredible. LAUGHTER that is what I felt like when I first met Jesus. I was like, whoa, everything I thought about the world has just got turned upside down. Everything I thought was valuable, things like money, career, the way I looked, saying the right things, fitting in, all of that became worthless. And what I thought was worthless suddenly had deep, deep value. When I first met Jesus, I met someone that could see right into who I am. Not what I do, not what I look like, not the image I present to the world, but someone who knew my thoughts and my passions and my fears and my pain, my journey. And honestly, I thought, surely this is not going to go well. (laughs) Someone seeing all of that. But he didn't judge me or dislike me or even pity me. Instead, he says to me, and he says to you, you are worth dying for. Your life has so much value to your father that you are worth dying for and suffering for. And he'd do it all again in a second. So yeah, this little save girl totally inspires me. If she was courageous, how can we not be? That moment for me in the phone shop when I chickened out. How could I chicken out of that moment when I could actually offer this guy the greatest thing that ever happened to me? What reason have we got to stay quiet? At G2, we want to be a community of beacons, shining brightness where it's dark. We want to be a community of people who choose courage over fear. We want to be a community of people who step into the story that Jesus is inviting us into. We want to be generous followers of Jesus who are prepared to give everything away that we have received. Do we dare to be courageous? So when someone asks you about your weekend, will you tell them that you went to church? Will you tell them about God? Will you tell them about your journey here? when your friend has an illness or an injury will you offer to pray for them when someone new turns up in your gym class or your um your sports club or whatever it is you do will you smile and say hello and welcome them because all of these things mean that we need to share our heart and be real about who we are and who Jesus is all of them require courage So I pray that we as a whole community are open and vulnerable and we step into courage. What's the worst that could happen? The seven most awkward minutes of your life. That's the cost. So I just want to finish with another quote from Brené Brown. She says, I want to be in the arena. I want to be brave with my life. And when we make the choice to dare greatly, we sign up to get our asses kicked. We can choose courage or we can choose comfort, but we can't have both. We can choose courage or we can choose comfort, but we can't have both. Not at the same time. So I'd really love it if we could respond to this together as a community. And at GT, we sometimes like to try things uh, differently, and I'm sure... You're used to that, you do that a lot here at City. So we're going to try something a little bit different. If you don't want to get involved, then you can stay in your seat. That's absolutely fine. There will be no judgment, but I would imagine most of us will be able to step into this. So we're going to have two choices in how we respond. Today we've been talking about having the courage to share our faith. But perhaps you don't feel that's right for you right now. Maybe right now you just need to connect or reconnect with who Jesus is. So your, our first response for some of us will be, I want to step into knowing Jesus better. And this isn't necessarily just for people that have only just started coming to church or only just getting to know Jesus. This, you might have been a Christian for 20 years, but feel like right now you just need to reconnect. So if that's you, then your response is, I want to step into knowing Jesus better. And the second response is, I want to step into courage with sharing my faith. And again, this could be any of you, whether you've um, been a Christian for two days or 20 years. Maybe you want to step into sharing your faith better. And quite often at church, we have a prayer team up at the front, and we would invite people to come and get prayed for. However, today, we are all the prayer team. No one here is more holy or more spiritual than anyone else. And we all can pray for someone else. So what we're going to do is we're going to move around the room. I want to get people stepping into this courage, so actually getting up and moving. And you're going to find someone that you know or someone that you don't know, and you're going to tell them what your response is, just nice and simply, like it says on there. Know Jesus more or be more courageous with faith. And then that person will just pray for you, nice and simply. And then they'll tell you their response, and you will pray for them. I just want to talk for a minute about how we pray there is a time and a place where you might pray for someone for a long time, you're waiting for the spirit to fall, their are face down, all of that. That's absolutely fine. But today we're just going to keep our prayers short and simple to the point. No fancy language, no jargon, no waffle. So Peter and Ben are going to demonstrate for us. Thanks. <laughs> what a response. Peter. I want to step into courage with sharing my faith. Okay, Make, can I put my hand on your shoulder? Yeah, you can, yeah. Uh, we pray for Ben to have the courage to step out and share his faith. Amen. Oh, Amen. Thanks, Peter. You welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case anyone was unsure. Well done. Okay, so it'll be nice and simple if you want to put your hand on the shoulder. You can. If you don't, that's fine. Eyes open, eyes closed, it doesn't really matter. Uh, I recognise that for some of you, this might be a little bit uncomfortable, The worst that can happen is it's going to be uncomfortable for four minutes and then it'll be over. But this might actually have an impact on us as a community, as we are vulnerable together, as we step into courage together. This might actually have an impact on the rest of our week and how we share our faith. So we've got one God, two responses, three people to pray with, four minutes. Let's go.